0: if someone can turn this down to low that would be great or back it up or whatever. Oh, thank you Jesus. We're still on courage. We know that did we do Daniel 610 last week? Does anybody have the notes? No, we didn't? You don't have your notes? Anybody? Where did we stop? Anybody out there taking notes? Wow. First 17, and then, um, was David. Did we do Matthew 14, 4? we'll go ahead and start there thank you Jesus I yield myself to you spirit soul and body and I thank you that the anointing is on your word I thank you Holy Spirit that you teach us in the mighty name of Jesus I pray for those that are on vacation and at work today or whatever I ask you God to bless them minister to them I pray for the church in Oregon that you are moving mightily I'm hearing great reports. I thank you, God, that you are faithful. You're so very faithful. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray that we are taping Wednesday nights. We need to. Um, so it can be sent up there also. Matthew 14, 14. This series has lasted a little longer than I thought it would, but... Who cares? We have all the time in the world until Jesus comes, and then once that happens, we're going to be up there, and um, someone can find my notes and teach. (laughs) It'd be horrible to be be left, wouldn't it? came to church one day, and everybody was gone, and we're sitting here in church, and... The rapture takes place, and we're in churches all over the world. You know, people that have predicted it's going to be on this day, there's three different, you know, there's time zones, so it's a three-day span. So if you ever heard anybody say it's going to be on such and such a day, you know it's not God. Okay, Matthew fourteen four, but it is soon. For God has said to him, It is not lawful or right for you to have her. Let's see. Okay, let's go up and um, the boldness we were talking about examples of the courageous, and this is talking about John the Baptist. At the time Herod the governor, verse one of chapter fourteen of Matthew. The governor heard the reports about Jesus. Then he said to his attendants, This this is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead. And that is why the powers of performing miracles are at work in him. For Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison to stow him out of the way on account and for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had said to him, It is not lawful or right for you to have her. Although he wished to have him put to death, he was afraid of the people, for they regarded John as a prophet. And we know the story. Herod's birthday comes, and the daughter of Herodias danced in the midst before the company, and it pleased and fascinated Herod. I'd hate to even think of what kind of dance it was, quite frankly. And so he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. And, of course, her mother said, I want the head of John the Baptist. And that was it. The king was distressed and sorry, but because of his oaths and his guest, he ordered it to be given her. So we see here that John had much courage in what he did. He had he had the intestinal fortitude to tell the man what you're doing is wrong. You know, we talked about this in class a few weeks ago. When you tell someone and yes. You do. I have something I want to read right now that actually God gave me last Saturday night and I left it at home and I felt led to bring it this morning and after the way that Laurel was praying this morning I was truly amazed because we haven't talked am I correct what person place or thing has consumed you in your time and placed the Lord the word prayer and church in the back seat Jesus spoke this many times the marriage Remember when he called everybody to the marriage feast? One man said, I just got married. A man said, I just brought an ox, wife. And they they were told to go into the highways and the byways. This is what the Lord gave me this. I was studying Saturday night a week ago. He said, what have we allowed to take God's time? You can never get it back. Whatever you allow to take God's time, you can't get it back. Every day, God has something prepared for us, something he wants to tell us, maybe something he wants us to do. What he has for us was spoken into existence from the very foundation of the world. And so... I'm sitting there studying and wanting to go to sleep and this is what he said. What have we allowed to take God's time? You can never get it back. Have you gone back to Egypt? Pretty clear. I'll read it one more time in case those on the tape don't get it. What person, place, or thing has consumed you and your time? and place the Lord, the Lord, the Word, and prayer, and church in the back seat. Jesus spoke about this many times, the marriage. I didn't even look this up, the marriage. I didn't even know I was going to be bringing it, quite frankly. The marriage, one person bought an ox, one person bought land, evidently hadn't looked at the land before he bought it. Um, one person said, I just got married, so I can't be there. Can't be there at the, at the, at the supper. Can you imagine? Go, uh, he, then he was told to go out in the highways and the byways. What have we allowed to take God's time? We can never get it back. Have you gone back to Egypt? It's a question we all need to ask ourselves. Egypt isn't worth it. Many people go back to Egypt and then they end up dying. I've seen it happen. Now next we're going to look up Jesus in John nineteen ten and 11. The Lord has spoken to me very strongly that I need to be bold in this hour, that I can't hold back. Sometimes it's not easy. But I know there's other ministries that are going through the same things right now. A good pastor will care for his sheep that God has placed in, his, in the flock of God. He will care, he will pray, and he will speak what God tells him to speak, and he will speak the word and only the word and everything will line up with the word and he'll caringly watch over those sheep so jesus in john 19:10 and 11 so pilate said to him will you not speak even to me do you not know that i have power authority to release you and i have power to crucify you and jesus answered You would not have any power or authority whatsoever against over me if it were not given you from above. For this reason, the sin and guilt of the one who delivered me over to you is greater. Upon this, Pilate wanted, sought, was anxious to release him, but the Jews kept shrieking. If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar's. Anybody who makes himself out to be a king sets himself up against Caesar, is a rebel against the emperor. Hearing this, Pilate brought Jesus out and sat him on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement, the mosaic pavement, the stone platform in Hebrew. Gaborath. and then it goes on and I'll let you read <clears throat> it takes steadfastness in this hour that we live in and we have got to become steadfast in the things that we do for the Lord nothing that we do that is not for the Lord is going to matter I'm going to tell you when we get to heaven there will be a judgment seat. It will be the judgment seat of Christ. Everyone will stand before it. Everyone will, you know, you say, are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. That's what the word does say. And we need to be ready. Be prepared. Get rid of anything that's, that's in you that is holding you back it's not worth it so it takes steadfastness in the word and so let's turn to 1 Corinthians 15:58 God I just pray for those in Nepal I pray for the lost God I pray for those that know you. This is the time, God, when they will be speaking forth your word like they've never spoken it before. God, I just ask you to surround them with the angel of the Lord and encamp- camping round and about them. First Corinthians 1558. I feel to go up to verse 33. So we'll go up to first 33. I have no idea what we're getting ourselves into, but God does. Do not be so deceived and misled evil companions, communion communion associations, corrupt and depraved good manners and morals and character. Awake from your drunken stupor and return to sober senses and your right minds and sin no more. For some of you have not the knowledge of God. You are utterly and willingly and disgracefully ignorant and continue to be so, lacking the sense of God's presence and all true knowledge of Him. I'd say this to your shame, but someone will say, how can the dead be raised with what kind of body will they come forth? You foolish man, every time you plant seed, you sow something that does not come to life, germinating, springing up, and growing, unless it dies first. Nor is the seed you sow, then the body, which is going to have ladder, but is a naked kernel, perhaps, of wheat, or some of the rest of the grains. But God gives it to the body, and he plants and sees as he plants and sees fit, and to each kind of seed a body of its own. For all flesh is not the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for beasts, another for birds, another for fish. Where there are heavenly bodies, sun, moon, and stars, and there are earthly bodies, men, animals, and plants, but the beauty and glory of the heavenly bodies is of one kind. While the beauty and glory of earthly bodies is a different kind. The sun is glorious in one way. The moon is glorious in another way. And the stars are glorious in their own distinctive way. For one star differs from and surpasses another in its beauty and brilliance. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable and decays. But the body that is resurrected is imperishable immune to decay, immortal. It is sown in, in dishonor and humiliation when it is raised in honor and glorified. It is sown in infirmity and weakness. It is resurrected in strength and endued with power. It is sown, wow, it is sown a natural physical body. It is raised a supernatural, a spiritual body As surely as there is a spiritual body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being, an individual personality. The last Adam, Christ, became a living, giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. But it is not the spiritual life which came first, but the physical and then the spiritual. The first man was from out of the earth, made of dust, earthly-minded. The second man is the Lord from out of heaven. Now those who are made of the dust, like him who was first made of the dust, earthly-minded, and as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven, heavenly-minded. And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, So shall we, and so let us also bear the image of the man of heaven. But I tell you this, brethren, flesh and blood cannot become partakers of eternal salvation, inherit the share in the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable, that which is decaying, inherit or share in the imperishable, the immortal. Take notice, I tell you a mystery, a secret, a truth, an event... decreed by the hidden powers or counsel of God. We shall not all fall asleep in death, but we shall all be changed, transformed in the moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trumpet call. For a trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ will be raised, imperishable, free, and immune from decay, and we shall be changed, transformed. For this imperishable part of us must put on the imperishable nature. And, the, and this mortal part of us, this nature that is capable of dying, must put on immortality, freedom from death. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. For when this perishable puts on the imperishable and this and that was capable of dying, puts on freedom from death, then shall be fulfilled in the scripture that says, Death is swallowed up, utterly vanquished forever, and in and unto victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Now sin is the sting of death, And sin exercises its power upon the soul through the abuse of the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory, making us conquerors. Hallelujah. Making us conquerors through the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing that being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or to no purpose. Glory to God. He gives us victory. He's given you victory, making you a conqueror. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we see it takes steadfastness, much steadfastness, Galatians 5.1. And in this hour, more than any other hour, we need to be steadfast in Him. We need to be courageous. We need to be built up in Him. We need each other. We need the fellowship of each other. I'm asking you, if, if Reuben's out of town this week, he's, I've been in touch with him on the phone, I'm believing he will come back, when he does come back, I'm asking you to reach out your arms to him, greet him, love him, minister to him, he knows the Lord and he's very hungry, And he desires the word of God. So, stand fast, therefore. He was going to another church and saw our sign. And the Lord told him to come in last Sunday. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Hallelujah. Christ, there is a liberty where Christ has made us free. In the the Amplified, it says, in this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. He's actually taking the same schooling that you are. He's just further along, so you probably have a lot in common. Stand fast then and do not be hampered and held ensnared and submit again to a yoke of slavery which you once have put off. So he's saying here, do not become ensnared. And you know, the enemy is always out there to Trap people, to ensnare them if you can. Praise you, Jesus. And And you notice he says, be not entangled again. So in all the years of counseling that I have done, every person, every person that falls, it is the same thing that got him the first time. And that's why he's saying, In this freedom Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Stand fast then and do not be hampered and held ensnared and submit again to a yoke of slavery which you have once put off. It says, Where Christ has made you free, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Notice it says again, so we must know ourselves, we more than anyone else, well God knows us better than anyone, but we ourselves know what we've been entangled in and what what thoughts run through our minds and so we need to realize that we cannot become entangled again. Then he goes on to say notice it is I Paul who tells you that if you receive circumcision Christ will no longer profit. And he goes on into this and I'm not going to go into that. But we need to know stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And be not entangled again. You know we've all been entangled again before. Untangle yourself. There were a pair of, I'm going to give an example. There were a pair of earrings this morning that I wanted to wear. I have no idea how in the world this chain got wound around them. I mean, it it doesn't make any sense the way it was. I was trying to work. I said, oh, forget it. I'll just wear these ones. But it's so easy if we don't keep our eyes on Jesus. If we don't continue praying, if we don't continue confessing the word, it's so easy to just entangle yourself. I looked at that and I thought, how could this have happened? It didn't even make sense. So don't become entangled again. It takes steadfastness. It takes courage. You know, it takes courage and steadfastness to say no when the first thing. Thought hits. It always is this thought, and you know the enemy's always wanting to stroke the area that is the weakest. How many know that? So we need to just rise up above it. Philippians one twenty seven. Every person is harassed in a different way, a person, place, or thing, whatever, and so we need to be on guard and on watch for one another. We need to love one another. We need to protect one another, Philippians one twenty seven. Only be sure as citizens so to conduct yourself that your manner of life will be worthy of the good news of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I do come and see you or am absent, I may hear this of you, that you are standing firm in united spirit and purpose, striving side by side and contending with a single mind for the faith of the glad tidings of the gospel. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries, for such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof, and seal to them of their impending destructions. But a sure token of evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. For you have been granted the privilege for Christ's sake, not only to believe in, adhere to, rely on, and trust in him, but also suffer in his behalf. So you are engaged in the same conflict which you saw me wage and which you now hear to be mine still. I mean, Paul you read about his life was constantly being buffeted and harassed. Why? Do you think the enemy wanted this the New Testament written? Can you imagine what he went through continually? But he said he he, he did it in obedience to Christ for us. You know everything that you do in Christ is not only for yourself, but it's for others. Amen? Everything you do. 1 Peter 5, 9. We've got to be steadfast. Praise you, Jesus. You know, the enemy will, will watch and see, where can I get them? What area? What, er, what area can I get them in and pull them backwards that they used to they used to do and they used to love me in and, and, and how can I get them to be disobedient to what the word of God says? It's constantly trying bugging just like Brother Hagen said, What you know, they asked him, Is there any good you can see in the devil? And he said, Well, yeah, he's tenacious. He doesn't give up. First Peter five nine. For whoever lacks oh, well, let's move it up then. Okay. We all know that there is a progression in this chapter. A progression. And we see that it says according for his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness. So he says all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who hath called us to glory and virtue is given to us. It's out here. We have it. Thank you, Jesus. Amplified. Verse 4. By means of these, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promises, so that through them you may escape. He's talking about escaping. How many have ever had to escape? something or you, you knew thank God I escaped that well this is a something that we have literally got to put our self in the position where we realize that we must be steadfast and there is a plan that God has us to walk on so we will escape these things that the enemy has set as roadblocks to try to take us out. So let's look at this, escaping. (laughs) So that through them you may escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, lust, and greed, and become sharers partakers of the divine nature. For this very reason, reason adding to your diligence, to the divine promises, employ every effort, so he's in saying, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellence, and resolution. It's like a diet, or it's like a different way of eating. If you've decided that you're going to do this, you will employ every effort to do this. You will shop for the right food. You will say, no, I'm not gonna go eat there. You will do whatever. If you have to bring a bar so you can have fellowship or whatever so you can be a partaker, you will employ every effort to do this, every effort. You make up your mind you're gonna do something You've got to decide, I'm going to put every bit of effort into this. And so he's telling us that we need to employ every effort. Amen? I lost my place. Hang on. Employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellent, resolution, Christian energy, and in exercising virtue develop knowledge intelligence so we need to exercise our faith we need to exercise every, with everything that is within us everything available to us in the things of the spirit we need to exercise this thank you Jesus And in exercising knowledge, develop self-control. Now, let's back it up here a little bit. Self-control. Every one of us has areas of self-control that we have to deal with. How many realize that? If You don't see me after if I'm going to lunch, so you'll have to see me at the place. I will stay after if you need me to after lunch. So he says here, and in exercising knowledge, develop self-control. So you've got to exercise the knowledge you have to develop self-control. If you've had a problem in a certain area and it keeps coming back, then you are not or I am not exercising the knowledge that I have or I don't have the knowledge, and I better get out the word, take my strongest concordance, look up the situation, and look up every word that it talks about to set me free from this bondage that I have gotten into or that was in my family that I realized that, I need to walk free of because I'm in another family. And so I have the character of God that is available to me. And he's telling us here how to do this. So he's saying, I hope I'm not going over your heads at this point or you're just sitting there going, oh, well, we've all heard this. He's saying exercise for the reason. Let's look at this. Develop in exercising knowledge. Let's go back up a minute. For this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, intelligent resolution, Christian energy, and exercising virtue, virtue, develop knowledge and intelligence. Okay, I'm going to give something really simple here raising children I am very grateful that my children raising days are over (laughs) many of you have a senior this year a couple of you have seniors this year and you can go (sighs) but let me tell you you will still be exercising and developing them until you leave the earth or they do Because they will be calling you and they will still be asking you, how do I deal with this, Mom? So we need to have the knowledge and we need to exercise it and we need to develop it. Because as you look at every one of these things that he has, as you grow from glory to glory, he's changing us, you have to... How can I put this the best way? Pass the test to move on to the, next, to the next level. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is not something that, this is for you. This is, the, this is God through Peter speaking to us on how we can get from here to there. This step will take you to this step. And so here we are. So child raising. Let's use this in child raising, okay? Adding to your diligence to divine promises, employ every effort in exercising faith to develop virtue, excellent resolution, Christian energy, and in exercising virtue, develop knowledge and intelligence. So you're raising your children. It says train up a child in the way they should go. So to train up a child... You better get rid of the childish, childish junk that you have because you have to be an example. You understand? I'm going to just put it out here bluntly. You have to be an example to them. You know, I've heard parents say, don't do what I do, do what I say. You're not going to get very far in raising a child that way. You know, if you have an anger problem and you're whipping a child for an anger problem, then you're getting nowhere. Nowhere except bringing rebellion and strife and discord. So you train up a child. Well to train a child you have to teach them. And it takes time to teach a child how to do certain things. And so this, think of God. He's got to take every one of us and train us and teach us. How would you like to be God with all of the people in the world today? All of the Christians in the world today. Forget the people, the rest of them, but just, just his children. Okay, those that have come to know him. Okay? And so you have to start a plan. You cannot skip a day in exercising diligence with that child. If you have a list, you say you're going to whip them for being disobedience, then you need disobedience, then you need to be true to your word concerning the list. You cannot allow any room to allow things to slip by. You have to become diligent with your own life, with whatever. But it's easier to just use child rearing here, so we will use that. And then he goes on to say, and in exercising knowledge in this, develop self-control. As you learn how to teach up a child, train up a child, when you discipline them, you will not lose control. You will be able to do this in love. Sometimes I remember there were days when I thought, "How in the world can you keep doing this and get a whipping for this every day?" But after using the, getting the wisdom of God and doing what God said to do according to His word, we got into a I want a rhythm, I guess you would call it. And so everybody knew how, how it was going to come down, and so we accomplished that. That was accomplished. Did it come overnight? No. It does not. It takes great effort to raise children, especially if you're working and someone else has them for so many hours and you only have them for a certain amount of time. Okay? If you're bored out there, too bad. I'm going to go through this the way God's telling me to. Laurel can probably agree with me completely on this, even though she doesn't have any of her own. So, we've got that down pat now. Let's go on to the next one. In exercising knowledge, develop self-control. In exercising self-control, develop steadfastness. Here we come, patience and endurance, patience and endurance. The world we live in now, we live in a world where the people are not patient at all. So here we are in this world going down Broadway where people are angry and we have to exercise patience. We go, you go into work and people are upset. They had a crummy weekend. You show up in a good mood. You've been to church on Sunday. You're all excited. You praise God. You walk into your job and people are in a bad mood and they don't like you. Because they see the power of God and the glory of God on you. So their job via the enemy is to harass you. Amen. And this is where you, you develop steadfastness, patience, endurance, and exercising steadfastness. You develop godliness. You develop. Godliness in every situation. Godliness is something that you develop. It does not come. The minute you become born again, the spirit man is changed, but there are still some old Klingons hanging on there. Amen? We have a joke in our house about Klingons. If you have Malteses with long fur, you get Klingons sometimes. We won't go there, so we call them Klingon. So we need to get rid of those things. Amen? So in exercising godliness, you develop brotherly affection. And in exercising brotherly affection, you develop Christian love. Do you see what you have to go through to get down to the developing of Christian love? Look at this. All this... You've got, to, you've got to get through all this to develop Christian love. You go, oh, brother. For as these qualities are yours and increasing abound in you, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful until the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Whoever lacks these qualities is blind, spiritually short-sighted, seeing only what is near to him, and has become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. Because of this, brethren, be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast, your calling an election, for if you do this you will never stumble or fall. If you do all these things he promises that you will never ever stumble or fall. So if you stumble and fall you need to go back over this list and say where did I miss it and where did What step did I miss out on in perfecting? Do you all understand what I'm saying? Because this is is quite a promise, really. If you do this, you will never stumble or fall. Thus, there will be richly and abundantly provided for you entry, into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. How important are these things? How important are these things that Peter is talking about? So important that it says, if you do these, there will be richly and abundantly provided for you entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I intend always to remind you about these things, although indeed you know them and are firm in the truth that you now hold. I think it right as long as I am in the tabernacle tent body to stir you up by way of remembrance. So what Peter is saying here is, I am going to remind you continually of this thing. Whether you like it or not. A lot of things in the Bible we read and we're not there and we don't like to hear it. I was amazed. Outside of the Bible, the book that ministered to me more than anything was driven by eternity. I wept and cried through that book I asked pastor the other night. What is it like this time that you're going through it? And he said, it's digging deeper. And I'm seeing things that, that I need to get rid of. So don't miss Wednesday nights. You need to be here. Well, I don't like that book. There's a reason why you don't like it. You need to find out what it is. And I guarantee you it has to do with some of this that I just read. Oh boy Hebrews 12:7 you know I've come to the point where I know that there are going to be people that don't like what i what God has me say. It's okay they didn't like Jesus either. everybody left them but the 12 I have one job. Be the best wife I can to him. Love the Lord thy God with all my heart. Be the best mother I can. And be the best pastor, co-pastor that I can to this church to make sure you all get there. And to love you. And you're easy to love, thank God. You don't eat us from dinner. 12, 7, Hebrews. Oh, I just love this. Oh, man. Okay. 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, And that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. And let us run, run with patience, endurance, and steady and active persistence. The appointed course, the race that is set before us. There is an appointed course and race that has been set before you to finish. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. So we got to look away from everything that will distract to Jesus. I think about Noah when I think about this. Out there building that ark all those years. Wow. He couldn't look away. The scoffers and the mockers and the, the things that people said about him. He knew he had a job. And he knew he had to do it. Amen. looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief, and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, us, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself reckon upon consider it all in comparison with the trials so that you may not grow weary or exhausted losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your mind we cannot relax in our mind right now more so than ever you have not struggled and fought agonizingly against sin nor have you yet resisted and withstood to the point of pouring out your own blood and for you and and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children my son despise not the chastisement of the Lord nor faint when thou art rebuked of him, for the love lo- the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chastens not? But if you be without chastisement, therefore, all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. Remem- furthermore, We have the fathers of our flesh which corrected us, we have them, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more, much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 14 Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Holiness is a word that you don't hear much of in the church. General, strive to live in peace with everybody and pursue that consecration and holiness without which no one will ever, ever see the Lord. Okay, I'm almost done. Thank God. Hallelujah. Uh, James 1 2. We all know what that says. Connor, all joy. How many How many of you have been counting it all joy? Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped or encounter trials of any sort or fall in various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bringeth out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be a people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Glory to God. That is the bride that he's coming back for. And I'm going to be part of that bride. And in the name of Jesus, so are you. I have more scripture. Job 17. I don't know what that is. I think it's nine. And then we're getting out of here. I'm not going to go through all of them. You know, I can guarantee you, there are some people in Nepal right now families that wished they would have listened to those that were preaching the gospel. You should, yet Job 17:9 Yet shall the righteous, those upright and in right standing with God, hold to their ways, and he who has clean hands shall grow stronger and stronger. Hallelujah. You we are to be growing stronger and stronger in him. I'm going to give you the scriptures and you can read these at home. John 15.9 John 15.9 Galatians 6.9 1 Peter 1.13 and Revelation 3.11 and I hope you read them I hope you just don't write them down and go well that was nice I'm aware of the fact that you've heard what was said this morning many times but here's the question we need to ask ourselves am I doing it? Revelations 3.11 I am coming quickly hold fast what you have so that no one may rob you And deprive you of your crown. That is a heavy, heavy scripture. Hold fast. I am coming quickly. Let's move up to one. Verse 10. Because you have guarded and kept my word of patient endurance have held fast the lessons of my patience with the expected endurance that I gave you. I also will keep you safe from the hour of trial testing, which is coming on the whole earth or the whole world to try those who dwell upon the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have so that no one may rob you and deprive you of your crown. He who overcomes is victorious. I will make him a pillar in the sanctuary of my God. and He shall never be put out of it or go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which descends from my God out of heaven and my own new name. Hallelujah. He who can hear, let him listen to and heed what the Spirit says to the assembly of churches. He goes on to say, "In the angel, messenger of the assembly church, and Lady Ostea, write these words. Of the amen, the trustworthy, faithful, and true witness and origin and the beginning of the author of God's creation. I know your record of works and what you are doing. You're neither cold nor hot. Would that you would be cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Church, this is not for us. My prayer for every one of us is that we are prepared and ready to meet our King. Amen. Father, I pray for each person in the sound of my voice. I thank you, God, that we've learned how to become courageous. We've learned, Father God, we've seen examples of those who were. We've learned, Father God, how to be steadfast. And we thank you that we're living in a time where you could come at any moment there is nothing left to do we're just waiting on you Father God to say blow the trumpet and come up here so I pray for every one of my brothers and sisters this morning the children I thank you Father that we prepare ourselves be ready to meet you in Jesus name what is the name of that that place Terry do you know the